How many times have you tried to pick up your Bible to read it and after a few minutes you started falling asleep? (laughs) Or maybe you realize you're getting distracted and you forgot what you just read. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The Bible can feel boring at times. I'm not saying it is boring. I'm saying it feels boring. And there's a real distinction there. Because I have been there. I have been the casual reader who got bored and gave up. But since then, I have found my way to the other side where the Bible is never boring to me anymore. It is a wonderful place to be. So today I'm going to share with you the shifts that I made in how I look at the Bible, how I read the Bible, and how you can do the same things to see your life changed in a really big way. So get excited. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck Podcast. I'm Jenny Laurie Hope, your life and health coach. Getting Unstuck is an empowering podcast for women who are looking for a biblical perspective on their life and health challenges. You can expect to hear practical tips for living a healthy and productive life, faith-based wisdom to help you reduce anxiety and overwhelm, and simple ways to reconnect with God and find true wholeness. Happy Tuesday, friends. Last week, we talked about three reasons why God might feel far away from you. And the first one was that you're not reading your Bible regularly or at all. So today, we're going to dive deeper into that, into what to do if the Bible feels boring, so you're just not reading it. Why does this happen? How can we change it? Let's dive in. My story was that I was really a bored reader for a long time. I was baptized and saved when I was nine years old, and I didn't read my Bible regularly, like truly study my Bible in a real way until I was 35. So that's a long time to be basically, I would say, walking around blind. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That was me, walking around like a natural man, not knowing the things of the Spirit, because where do they come from? The Bible. (laughs) There are so many amazing truths in the Bible that are transformational, but I was living completely Outside of that, in the natural world, the carnal world, as the King James loves to call it, the main way that we reach into the spiritual realm with God is through his word. His words are spirit and they are life, John 6, 63. So I was just missing out on a huge piece of my walk with God and trying to live life on my own. I would do a Bible study maybe in the summer or join a small group here or there, but there was never a time where I completely threw myself into this, where I just said, I'm going to study this as well as I study for my dang actuarial exams, because I put hundreds of hours into that. How many hours was I putting into this? Almost nothing. But when I came to the end of my rope, sitting in a counselor's office, reading scripture for three hours, trying to get my life back together, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I got what I would call revelation knowledge, in that counselor's office, where something in the Bible becomes real to you in a way you can't really explain unless someone else, like if you're talking to someone else who's had the same experience, 
you can get on the same page. But it's like a Holy Spirit empowered understanding of the Bible that reveals something life changing to you, like in an instant. I want that for you. That can happen for you. But why? Why did it take me so long? Why did it take me getting into my rope? Why are so many other Christians not reading their Bibles? Well, for good reason, it's a huge book. Huge. It's intimidating. Some parts are dry. Not going to lie. That doesn't mean they're boring. They're just not what we're used to reading. Not like a novel. (laughs) There's different styles or genres. Anybody remember genres from high school English? So we've got narrative, poetry, wisdom, prophecy, gospels, epistles, which is a fancy name for letters. And like the apocalypse with some crazy symbolic language in Revelation. So it kind of sounds like work. (laughs) to study this thing. And that's because it is. But you don't have to go to seminary or Bible school or be a theologian to read this entire book and digest it and apply it and be radically changed by it over the course of months and years and the rest of your life. So why is it worth the work? The Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us as humans and how he teaches us and guides us and counsels us. And we need to be able to get past this hurdle. What does God say about it? The Bible actually declares some pretty amazing truths about itself as a book and its power. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Greek word translated sword here is makairon. I don't know if that's right. I don't know Greek, y'all. But it's the word used for sword or dagger in the New Testament. But it's also the same word used to describe the blade that Peter used in Gethsemane In John 18, when he cuts off the high priest's servant's ear, do you remember that? When he cuts off the guy's ear, he was using most likely a fisherman's sword. That kind of blade was primarily used for cutting flesh of fish, right? This is not necessarily a huge military sword. It's razor sharp. It's used to separate tendons and ligaments and flesh and needs precision and skill when we're working on fish. It's reaching hard to reach areas, small spaces. It's uncovering hidden things. Think about that imagery in the Bible, that the Bible has the power to do that. The word of God can separate spiritual things that seem completely intertwined. What's godly? What's ungodly? Separating our own thoughts into what's good, what's evil, where's it coming from? Help us judge our hearts, help us identify false teachers, help us apply what we're learning. Not everything you hear in church is biblical, y'all. Some things are just extras. They're tradition. They've like, well, we've always done it this way. Well, is that biblical? You don't know if you don't know this book. So how will you know if you haven't studied the guide? (laughs) The verse also says the word is alive. It's ever changing. You never read it the same way twice. You can glean something new every single time you read from it. In the parable of the sower, Jesus compares the word to a seed. So if you plant the word in your heart 
and you protect it and water it and stick with it, it's going to grow. It's alive. So that's our why. Our attitude, our expectation, we need a mindset shift around what this book can do for us and in us and through us and for others. But what's the how? There's three ways I want you to think about approaching Bible study that might be different from what you've done in the past or haven't done at all. Number one, commit to a whole book of the Bible, not just like jumping around. Think about how you read a novel. You start at the beginning, you read to the end. (laughs) You don't just like stop mid chapter and then go, well, tomorrow I think I'll skip to the middle and, and then I'll, you know, come back a few pages. And by committing to a whole book, you can get a big picture, get some context, learn about the author, go deeper in your understanding. A good place to start, I love the book of James, any of Paul's letters, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, they are short enough to where it's like, I mean, you can read that start to finish, no problem in one day. So that can kind of give you some momentum going forward. But get a commentary or a Bible study to go with it. Maybe join a group, have a leader to help answer your questions as you go through this. So that can really help. Number two, try reading once or twice a week in bigger chunks of time instead of a teeny bit every day. So a daily devotion time can be great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you're doing, sort of these 15-minute snippets, it just kind of stays surface level. It's hard to get into the real meat of the Bible in that amount of time. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is talking about spiritual maturity. Doing a little daily devotion that makes you feel good is like milk. Reading full books and diving deep into it, that's the strong meat. That's the solid food. Biting off a bigger piece, chewing it, swallowing it, digesting it. This is how we get to be spiritually mature. This is how we get real life change and lead other people to it. That's how it starts for by this time you ought to be teachers, but instead you need someone to teach you. <laughs> so it's like we we start off as baby Christians and that's okay. Obviously, I was a baby Christian for like 25 years. No shade. But at some point we need to grow. This is how you grow. And number three, include other people. Join a Bible study. The Bible's meant to be read and interpreted largely in community with other people. It gives you accountability because you got to stay, you know, with the group as you're reading. It gives you perspective because you might look at it one way and they look at it another way. Maybe you grew up in one church tradition. They grew up in another tradition. Maybe somebody grew up totally unchurched and everybody's going to look at it differently, have different interpretations, but you can come together. You can use your resources together and land somewhere together. It's going to be so much more impactful and help you stay engaged. So the next time you're thinking, I need to read my Bible more. 
Yeah, you do. Let's do it. Number one, you're going to pick an entire book or a study that covers an entire book of the Bible thoroughly. Number two, read in longer chunks so you can really digest it, even if it doesn't feel fruitful at first. I know this part can actually be hard, but I want you to try it. And number three, read in community. Join a Bible study or a small group at your church or in your neighborhood or start one if you can't find one. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. His word doesn't come back void. When you follow those steps, it will never be wasted time. God wants to work in you and through you and speak to you through his written word. So I hope this encourages you to pick up your Bible, follow these steps, and meet him there. That's it for this week. See y'all next time. Did you like the show? Did you learn something? If you enjoyed this episode, it would be awesome if you could leave our mom a review. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. If this episode helped you in some way, it would mean the world to me if you would text it to a friend or share it with another mom who needs a breakthrough. And it would be a huge blessing to me if you could rate or review the podcast. That is how the word gets out, how more moms find me and how we can all share a little bit more of God's word with those who need it.